The following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Events occur in fake time. Tuesday, everybody. Good evening. It is March 8th, 2022, and we are doing yet another edition of Simulation Radio Live. And I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. I'm going to knock on some wood on just a couple of pieces of wood, hopefully, that everything goes nice and smoothly tonight because uh, last night, Tried to do the show. I had all these tabs open. You know, let me... All right, check check this out, everybody. I will show you exactly how many tabs I have open to uh, prepare for stories. Look at that. The, look, at, look at this insane tab situation that we've got going on over here, which you can see if you're watching the uh, live show or the YouTube recording at youtube.com slash simulation radio. But 10 minutes in, it just fucking exploded. The show, everything on the computer exploded. Uh, the world exploded. No, not quite, but it, it's getting there. So, uh, I'm just going to pray and hope that things don't go, uh, not according to plan tonight. The freeze frame, by the way, and this is quite hilarious. I, unfortunately, you will not get to see this anymore because I took down the, like the fucking 12 minute show that we ended up doing last night before everything blew up. And I just tilted off the face of the fucking planet which is probably another thing that I'm glad that people don't get to see. But I ended up taking that down. But the final capture for that, I wanted to see if it would capture anything that happened like after the the entire computer just froze and I had to hard press the power button to shut it down. The final screenshot that the stream ended up getting frozen on was just my fucking face, like mouth wide open, uh, a gap at... I don't know, whatever story I was talking about in the middle of that. I think we were about to get to the Batman story, which I'm sorry, I'm really not getting into that today. Between that and fucking National Serial Day yesterday, we're just going to leave all of that in the past. We're going to leave all of that uh, sitting on yesterday. Plus, I'm sure that we're all just wildly excited. I'm sure we were all just super fucking pumped to talk about our favorite cereals, but alas, uh, we will leave that in the annals of yesterday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was quite a funny shot if you ended up getting the chance to see it, which it doesn't exist anymore. Thank God. Probably to my benefit, I would think. So uh, again, I alluded to this earlier, but well, let me get this out of the way really quickly be before we start jumping into things here. Uh, a, I am moving all of the shows, and by all of the shows, I mean Simulation Radio Live, to uh, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you would like to listen live, if you're watching the YouTube recording, or 
if you are listening to the podcast, then we're streaming. We will stream the show every uh, Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. You know, that's 4 p.m. Pacific. And God fucking knows what European time that is. I'm, I could look it up, but I'm not going to. So if you would like to check it out live, you can chat alongside you. I see all of your messages. Uh, we can chat, have a good time. We can talk about all of the dumb ass shit that is going on in the world. And boy, is there a lot of it, if you couldn't tell from my tab screen. But uh, if you are a podcast listener or a YouTube VOD watcher, then do feel free to uh, check out the shows live every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's a, We're doing a two-hour show now because I got to make up for the fact that we're not doing it three days in a row. Uh, so in exchange, we'll do a longer show on Tuesday. Plus, uh, I feel like it. you get kind of burnt out by the middle of the week. And maybe I'm just speaking for me here and I'm not speaking for you guys listening, but... By Wednesday, it got like I it got to a really fatigued news point. Like I do not give an iota of a fuck about what's going on in the world on Wednesday. I look, I barely care now, but here we are still still covering it. And I'll get to some of that stuff towards the end because I do want to start bringing some things that are not news related to the show, especially given how big of a hellhole the world is uh, turning into and just how like god awful the narrative has become so i am looking to do some uh, some more non-news related things so coming up towards the end of the show closer to nine o'clock you know well we're, we're gonna sit we're gonna sit and we're gonna chat about life fellas because uh i think that's probably more relevant to most people and what they've got going on anyway so We'll jump into that. But uh, one of the things that I'm sure you do care about, that you do give plenty iotas of fucks about, are rising gas prices. Because it is insane right now. Uh, I know that I made the stream title today, $5 a gallon gas. And that's not entirely unheard of in some areas of the world, right? I know that in particular, California, aren't they up to like around 7 bucks, something like that? It's just insane. Even over here in the central Florida area, we're still experiencing upwards of, I believe it was like 419 that I saw at the gas pump this morning. Well, I didn't see it, but I heard it firsthand because I haven't been out of the house in five days. But, well, actually, no, that doesn't count. Sunday, I went to go see the Batman. But other than that, I haven't been out of the house in five days, so it's hard to know. Uh, but I've heard second, first, second, sec second hand, second hand, that one, that uh, we're up to like almost 420, blaze it, uh, average prices around here in central Florida. And one of the ways that you can tell uh, that the the elites, the people in power, the Hollywood celebrities, all the politicians, one of the ways that you can absolutely tell that they are completely out of touch are some of the statements that they have been making uh, recently. Now, for one, we did hear that President Biden is going to uh, stop importing oil from Russia and is going to, to cut off uh, buying Russian oil completely, which, you know, that's a whole can of worms that i've decided that we are not going to cover anymore uh at least at least mostly there are a couple of ukraine stories that we'll get to a little bit later but i just want to talk about some of the stuff that's going on there versus you know what it all means and having an opinion about it which is what everybody seems to do without really knowing anything so but uh, one of the ways that you can tell that the elites are just completely out of touch with all of society and what the common average everyday person like you and me are going through 
are some of the comments that they've made. Now, I pulled a couple of the really stupid ones, like uh, Pete Buttigieg today saying that you uh, don't worry, have to worry about gas prices if you buy an electric vehicle. This is our Secretary of uh, Transportation or something like that. There, I'm pretty sure there's a longer title, but who fucking knows or cares? Uh, and then, of course, it's the Daily Caller, which they have an agenda. Someone remind him how out of touch he sounds. Occasionally, one of the sides, which as much as I hate tribal stupidity, occasionally one of the sides is kind of spot on here. And you know what? He does. He sounds completely out of touch here. So here's here's Pete Buttigieg giving you the advice on what to do to curb your high gas prices if you're paying almost double what you've been paying before at the pump and you're kind of worried about how you're going to move into the future about how you're going to pay your bills and maybe now you're a little bit more strapped for cash because you don't have the ability to just maybe put gas in your tank without having to worry about where the fuck all of that money is coming from pete Buttigieg has the solution for you fellas clean transportation can bring significant cost savings for the american people as well Last month, we announced a $5 billion investment to build out a nationwide electric vehicle charging network so the people from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. So all you have to do to save some money on gas is just go out and buy a casual, just spend a casual 50 grand on an electric vehicle and then that's it that's all you got to do then you you know you won't have to worry about your uh, insane ridiculous fucking gas prices anymore and here's another one and in fact i already uh already dislike stephen colbert so getting to tear into him a little bit is quite fun and keep in mind stephen colbert i am pretty willing to bet not only does he not pump his own gas but I'm fairly positive that this guy does not go out and do anything like grocery shopping or, you know, any real things that average people like you and me do. There's no fucking way he does any of this. And one of the things that I'm sure he does not realize is how much of an impact high gas prices have on everything. Because, look, you've got to transport all the stuff from one place to another, right? You've got to fuel the trucks that get stuff there. You've got to fuel the planes that get stuff there. But, uh, you know, Stephen Colbert is on that same kind of, uh, you know, uh, elitist, holier than thou. But look at me. I'm so virtuous. Just do what I'm doing. I'll tell you what. I will never complain about a destination wedding again. Uh, Russia has been hit with a series of crippling sanctions. And it looks like there's more to come because the U.S., and its European allies are now discussing banning imports of Russian oil. Which they did today. Putin. We're not going to buy our gas from a war criminal. We're going to buy it from the good guys, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> but it's going to cost. So poignant. Since the invasion, oil prices have skyrocketed. Today, the average gas price in America hit an all-time record high of over $4 per gallon. Okay, that stings, but a clean conscience is worth a buck or two. I'm willing to... Not everybody has the luxury to be able to do that. Stephen Colbert, a clean conscience is worth it. But yeah, okay, look at you from your fucking ivory tower sitting there looking down on everybody that, you know, maybe not, might not be able to afford going out and uh, just casually having a clear conscience about where they're getting their gas from. I personally am willing to bet that the most... I haven't looked at any polling data on this, by the way, but 
I'm just saying out of intuition that I'm willing to bet that uh, most people would not particularly give too much of a fuck about where we're getting the gas from. And we could also get it from here in our country if his side didn't, uh, you know, demonize oil drilling and fracking and all that good stuff. But, you know, that's another discussion that I don't know as much about that I don't really want to get into. But, uh, Again, we all don't really have the privilege of being able to to sit atop his rich, luxurious New York fucking uh, late night comedy, quote unquote, comedy set, where you're really just kind of preaching for clapter. To pay. It's important. Right. It's important. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. <laughs> Right now. <laughs> Look at this guy. This guy, the guy that plays for the band, he's like, mm, I, I don't know about that one, Steven. I, I don't know, man. That sounds a little out of touch and not like a real statement at all. But, you know, again, what do I know? I mean, I'm not the, the big Hollywood celebrity that's sitting there in my New York, I think they taped this out of, and sitting on top of my New York studio being able to, you know, fucking send my lackey assistant to go grocery shop for me and go fill my gas tank for me. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I guess I we just we just have to feel that pain. Now, people all over the world are trying to find uh, inventive ways to help ordinary Ukrainians. All right, and then of course he's going to go on his fucking soapbox about Ukraine, which I'm I'm sure we all we all just love. We all really really wanted to hear uh, Stephen Colbert's opinion about this. So, uh, coming up in a little bit, we'll get to some updates on this bike week story, because this is a crazy, crazy story. We'll get to it in the next segment, uh, where this couple that was just riding along in bike week supposedly got their throat slashed and now they're looking for, and we might as well just get into this now because, uh, it does seem like that we're going to have a packed, packed segment next segment. So here's how it started, right? So Bike Week is one of those kind of spring break-esque type events that occur here in the Daytona Beach area in Central Florida. Locals hate it because all the bikers apparently do not really give a single fuck about where they're going and who they're cutting off and all the good stuff. But this happened. This was a murder mystery. And there's quite a few aspects of the case that kind of just make you scratch your head and think, what the hell is going on here? So uh, police are looking to find a man who stabbed a woman and a man, a couple, to death in a Daytona Beach neighborhood. And the police chief is calling it one of the most disturbing crime scenes that he's ever seen in his career and it leads you to think that you know is this the kind of thing that would happen in bike week and here's one of the things that i'm curious about if anybody has ever uh like gone to bike week or has been a part of uh bike week festivities which is how is the general atmosphere over there and you know i leave this to you guys out there so be sure to you know leave a comment in the chat or tag me on social media in the video or you know in just about any way that you possibly can how is the atmosphere on bike week is it fairly aggressive because that seems to be what the locals at daytona beach think about the the general you know the vibe 
of Bike Week. Do you think that this would be an event that would be unheard of to happen over there just based on how people act? Because you know how bikers can kind of get sometimes. And I don't really know if this is just a stereotype, you know, uh, fucking Sons of Anarchy type vibe where uh, they just want to be macho and violent and do whatever they got to do. But uh, it doesn't seem like it's entirely unheard of if, you know, it's true that the atmosphere is kind of uh, like toxically masculine like that. But in this murder mystery case, these two bodies were found on grass just off off the road in a uh, in a Daytona Beach neighborhood. And Daytona Beach police did not know anything about it. What they did was uh, they ended up finding this husband and wife who had been stabbed repeatedly and they had their throats cut and were dragged off the street. Like, that's, that sounds pretty rough, right? They said the attack happened around 1 a.m. None of the neighbors saw or heard anything. Uh, but officers did end up pulling a cell phone out of the bushes after looking for it for a few minutes. The crime did not look like a robbery, which, right, I mean, if the throats are slashed, it's clearly a crime of passion. And the problem was, was that Daytona Beach police had no leads on this. They had previously, until we get to an update in this case here, they had no idea who possibly could have been behind this. And they didn't rule out either that this could be totally random. According to the police chief, he said, we can't rule out that this may be totally random. But if it is totally random, the person responsible has to be deranged. And that sounds kind of like how it would be. You've got two options here. A, this is a random throat slashing. And, you know, some crazy person just walks up on this couple, slashes their throat, stabs them repeatedly and then is just a complete deranged psychopath and just bolts off and they're looking for him. Or the other option is it's not completely random and this was certainly a crime of passion because that's what it takes. It either takes a crime of passion or it takes complete psychopathy to just walk up to a couple, slash their throat a bunch, and piece it the fuck out of that scene. Uh, police are looking for a man, and this was not very descriptive, that they believe was wearing light-colored or white pants and a backpack, which um, that, that really really narrows it down, by the way, and, but that's all they have to work with. And, of course, anybody that has information about that uh, should, definitely should contact uh, the Daytona Beach police. Now, there's an update in the case that they're trying to identify a person of interest in a brutal stabbing that happened in this exact case which is that supposedly they have video of somebody that they believe is connected to the murder of the married couple and the man was walking on Seabreeze Boulevard about 90 minutes before the attack happened all of this comes from uh, WFTV from Channel 9 here which is the ABC affiliate in Orlando uh in the video the man was seen wearing a black hat and a scarf and carrying a black backpack so again this may or may not be the primary suspect here but police Daytona Beach police are still looking for them because uh actually uh, supposedly he is the suspect at large here they initially described it as just a person of interest but they really want to uh find this person because supposedly this may be their suspect at large but then again this is 
seems like this is the only lead that they have in the case. The victims were uh, Terry and Brenda Altman, who were age 48 and age 55. And look, they, they look like a nice couple, man. I'll show you a picture of them. I mean, sure, they look like they could be bikers, too. They look like they could be a biker couple that was part of Bike Week. But nobody deserves this, man. Nobody deserves this kind of thing. And of course, I will uh, also show you guys the suspect at large in case anybody happens to be around the Daytona Beach area and just so happens to know this person. Uh, this comes from the Daytona Beach Police Department. Let me zoom in on this a little bit. So he was, he does kind of fit the description a little bit. He's wearing a, a backpack. He's also got a black-looking cowboy hat and white pants. So this is the current uh, suspect of interest, suspect at large that they have in the bike week murder mystery so i just just want to get this out there in case anybody here in the central florida slash daytona beach area knows or has seen this person then just get to the police man get to them and hopefully they can figure this out as soon as possible because this is a this is a crazy crazy case man and it's one that again it Either it had to have been either a crime of passion or it was a completely deranged psychopath. So I'm curious as to see uh, what ended up what ends up happening here. Here's the complete video footage of this uh, suspect at large here in case you want a little bit more context. Walking along the street. He's wearing a scarf too, which I'm not sure about that fashion choice, but he could also be a psycho. That would explain that. So if you've seen this person, then, you know, again, do your thing, do your due diligence, get a hold of the Daytona Beach Police Department, and uh, just hopefully we can uh, find out who exactly did this and why, because that's another thing that I would really like to know, too, is why. I mean... I really want to know if this guy is a deranged psycho or if he was connected to the married couple in some way. Maybe it was a robbery. Police don't seem to think that it was a robbery, but it could possibly be. And I will, of course, continue to follow this story as uh, more developments break and we do find some more things coming up down in uh, the old pipeline of the story here. So now I am not Kent Brockman, but this is I on social media. Today's TikTok influencer of the day that gets exactly what is coming to him comes from a TikTok star in Detroit. Chosen Terrell Hannah, who is 22 years old, faces charges of robbery, which, you know, affected interstate commerce and possession of a firearm in furtherance of a crime of violence. So what happened was uh, there was there were some robberies that occurred in this area, in this uh, Detroit kind of subdivision area. And police ended up recognizing from 
his TikTok, the shoes that he was wearing in these TikToks. Now, they made the connection based on uh, footage that they had from the scene, and they ended up making the connection. He ended up admitting to committing, uh, admitting to committing. But yeah, he committed four armed robberies. <laughs> All right, that, that one's not quite as funny. But, you know, I'm just I'm just so damn overjoyed at TikTok stars getting what's coming to them that, you know, it's a little bit hard for me to uh, contain myself here. I'm just I'm just so giddy. Ah, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love. Love seeing TikTok stars get what's coming to them, because, you know, as I mentioned before, on just about every eye on social media that, you know, TikTok influencers are not real people and they don't know anything besides social media. And so, A, how stupid do you have to be when you know that you've been caught on camera to continue to make a TikTok of it? Uh, he was caught after Nike sneakers he had on while dancing on TikTok. Put him right, right in the fucking slammery. Dancing on TikTok. All right. I think that calls for... I, th I think that calls for life life in prison if you're dancing on TikTok. I, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm completely the one that's out of touch here. But, you know, personally, I don't think that life in prison is enough of a sentence for uh, TikTok dancing. I mean, we could also throw in the robberies on top of that, the four armed robberies. But, you know, I, he's already getting a life sentence. So the four armed robberies, we'll just tack that one on there. But at the very least, dancing on TikTok, that deserves the utmost sentence he was busted for four armed robberies after police recognized his custom nike sneakers and pink tipped hair from his social media dancing clips he was arrested on february 23rd following an fbi raid on his home in redford township which is in the detroit area he now faces charges of robbery which affected interstate commerce and possession of a firearm in furtherance of a crime of furtherance of a crime of violence which is punishable by up to 20 years in prison and i don't know man i i think just give him life if he commits a robbery, then goes home and dances on TikTok, that, that sounds like a life sentence to me, fellas. The filing states that FBI agents learned of his involvement in the robberies after receiving an anonymous tip, which pointed them towards his popular TikTok page, Chosen World, which, of course, like all influencers and rappers and all the people that are doing things in 2022, it's not world. It is not spelled W-O-R-L-D. It is spelled world or world with W-O or not. No, no, O, no, O. zero O's chosen W-R-L-D. That just feels so damn weird to say, man. Ultimately, it was the young influencer's distinctly colored hair and Nike shoes with unique red dots that led to his arrest. And if he's got custom shoes, don't go wear them on the robbery and then come home and fucking dance on TikTok, you dumbass. Here's, uh, you know, let me see if I can uh, pull up some of his TikToks. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right. I'm seeing some of the the fucking shirtless dancing that's happening on his TikToks. And he's he's just generic uh, social media male thought. I'm about to click on this watch the full video button. This might be a mistake. This really might be a mistake. But you know what? You guys are going to have to cringe with me, everybody. These are the uh, the shoes in question from the social media star Chosen World. All right. All right, fellas. You and me. Look, look me. Look at me. 
right in the eyes. If I've got a cringe, you have to too. Who trying to party with me crying emoji? Are you control? What are you doing? Are you contributing anything to society besides fucking this shit on TikTok? The fact that he looks extra fucking thoughty and he had those like those, uh, of course, custom shoes, custom stupid ass fucking hair colorings means that it was much easier for police to identify him. So your stupidity strikes again. And this is uh, such as life. I'm sorry we weren't able to make it through the full TikTok. No. All right. I, I think we I think we're done here. What did we make it? 22 seconds into the 30 second TikTok compilation. <sighs> no, 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 no. So these are the uh, the sneakers in question here. I'm again. I know that the news outlet makes it a little bit blurry, but he had these these custom like red patterns on the sneakers that he ended up wearing to the robbery as well, and. Here is what I don't get, which they list his following on uh, TikTok. He has more than 149,000 followers and 1.6 million likes on TikTok. And if you've got that level of following, aren't you making enough money? Especially, you know, if you play it right, do your sponsorships, do all the fucking dumbass social media shit if you're doing all of that stuff then i really don't understand how you're not making enough money to need to go and rob a 7-eleven he robbed a 7-eleven in commerce township michigan twice on december 1st 2021 and then again later the next year on january 26th and again he robbed a marathon on january 13th suspect wearing a black clothes and white sneakers and they made this connection because of security footage that just happened to get his stupid ass custom shoes on camera and ended up tracing it back to this uh tick talker poor 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 old chosen world they noticed a video the investigators did of him dancing shirtless in a pair of those shoes this this video that i showed earlier was back from september of 2021 which were said to be in similar in appearance to the shoes worn in the armed robberies according to the affidavit agents also observed that in about half of his videos his hair is dyed pinkish purple which matched the description of the suspect during the most recent robbery on february 11th so investigators spent some time getting all the evidence together they see oh look this guy's got stupid pink hair and this tiktoker idiot also has stupid pink hair let's make the connection put him away the investigation began uh when it was launched in december of last year when a man wearing black pants black hooded sweatshirt black ski mask white shoes and carrying a black pack black pack jesus all right let me let's rewind that <coughs> start that again and carrying a <laughs> a black backpack that's what i meant nobody take that out of context black pack jesus with pink flowers on it entered the 7-Eleven located at 710 Bernstein Road in Commerce Township, pulled a gun on a store clerk, and got away with an unspecified amount of cash. He was wearing a, uh, all right, let me stop, let me pause, a backpack, a black backpack even, black backpack, black backpack, black backpack, black, fuck, that's hard. 
I'm not doing that. More than a month later, on January 13th, a suspect dressed in black, wearing white sneakers, and carrying a floral backpack. Again with the backpacks, man. What is going on here? <sighs> that idiot robbed a marathon gas station in Dearborn at gunpoint. During the heist, the suspect pressed the gun against the clerk's back, according to the affidavit. And then later, on January 26th, the crook sporting those same white shoes returned to the 7-Eleven in Commerce Township and robbed it a second time. So he robbed it not once, but twice, in addition to a marathon gas station and some other uh, gas station that I don't remember that we probably went over a little bit earlier. Just five days later, the robber struck again, this time targeting, oh, and this is the fourth one here, the Old West Tobacco Store in Novi, where he ransacked the cash register and got away with cash and several boxes of cigars. So he was not just out for cash there, he was also out to smoke a fatty of a, a cigar. That, that counts as a fatty, right? 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 Don't tell me I'm that out of touch already. Get, get it together, get it together. <clears throat> Composure. The victim in the last robbery observed that the suspect had pink or red hair. It, look, it's kind of hard to tell. Look at this fucking hair. I can't really tell either whether it's pink or red. All I know is that it's stupid. That's the only judgment that I can put uh, to this hairstyle. In the days that followed, they received a tip about a possible, sus possible suspect in the gas station robbery saying that he used the account name Chosen One on Snapchat, a tip that ultimately led investigators to his TikTok profile where they see him dancing around to stupid fucking music with the shoes that he wore in the robberies and with his stupid fucking pink hair, which I think was in a later TikTok in the compilation and not specifically the stupid ass dancing one. Agents observed several videos showing him limp-syncing while sporting purple-pink hair, zeroed in on the video, showing him wearing the uh, Nike shoes. And FBI task force, they later found out where he was lived, started watching him, and eventually obtained a search warrant for location information. And the rest was history after they raided his home and they seized several items to be used during the four armed robberies, including a black handgun. All right. Let's get this straight now. Black handgun, backpack with flowers on it. We got it right this time. We did okay this time, fellas. And the white Nike tennis shoes with red accents. And he ended up confessing to all four of the armed robberies and acknowledged using the black backpack with a floral pattern in all four of his armed robberies. And he is due back in court at a later date. All right, let's get to this uh, this last story in Ion Social Media. And I want to start off by saying that this story seems a little bit suspect because I don't really know all that much about uh, this phenomenon that is occurring online about a loyalty test. Supposedly, men and women will go on social media and find some thoughty social media influencer, be it male or female. Look, this time the term thought could apply to either party in this situation. And apparently what happens is, is you'll slide into the thoughtfluencer's DMs and offer them an amount of money for what they're calling a loyalty test. And what the loyalty test involves is this influencer taking that money. 
I guess, you know, to continue their grift of social media-ing and influencing, to then this influencer will slide into the DMs of the customer's partner, right? And then what they'll do is they'll be kind of flirty and they'll try to bait the customer's partner into wanting to meet up and falling into this uh, trap. I think they call it a honey trap. Now, this story is a big one. This is a Playboy model and an Instagram star because, of course, she is once we check out her social media in just a moment. She charges women up to $2,000 to approach their boyfriends on social media and test how faithful they really are. She recently appeared on the cover of Playboy Africa. Her name is Carolina Lecker. She recently revealed that she supplements her income by putting these looks and flirty abilities in the service of women wanting to do these loyalty tests for a fee that can reach up to $2,000 per client. She'll slide into their DMs. Apparently, as part of the process, she says she contacts them first on Instagram and waits for them to respond. I keep making conversation until the conversation gets hotter. If after a lot of talking, he wants to meet with me, I get the money and he doesn't pass the loyalty test. So what they'll do is these customers will say, all right, I'll pay like half now and then half later if they uh, don't end up passing the loyalty test. So it's like a down payment system. You get you pay a little bit up front to these influencers and then the influencer will slide into their your partner's DMs. Try to flirt with them, get them to want to meet up and fuck and cheat and do all the stuff. And then they get the rest of the money. She claims to have made about $10,000 from the loyalty testing service, which is money that she intends to use on further enhancing her looks. She's already spent upwards of $150,000 on plastic surgery in her quest to achieve the most expensive body on Instagram. And look, this is going to make you mad, so I have to show it to you anyway. This is her. This is Carolina Lecker. These are this is her Instagram profile. Again, she was a former uh Playboy Africa model turned social media influencer because uh, you know, Playboy is antiquated. You could make way more money on social media doing this shit now. And uh, I don't know. There's something about this that doesn't quite make me as like infuriated as other stupid ass uh, TikTok and Instagram thoughty stuff because it seems like there's a purpose to it. On one hand, the stupid ass fart fluence fart fluencer that was selling her farts in a jar that was, that's just pointless and basically only simps are going for that. But there's a practical application to this, right? And if it works, like it kind of works and you got to make your money somehow if you're an influencer, right? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm a little bit inclined to deem this as somewhat acceptable. Sure. This particular influencer, Carolina Lecker, formerly a Playboy Africa is clearly one of the most vapid human beings to ever walk this earth. Given that she has spent 150 grand on plastic surgery and her basic goal in life is to achieve the most expensive body on Instagram. But at the same time, like you're kind of outing cheaters and I'm a little bit, a little bit down for that. Sure. It could be somewhat of a form of, you know, entrapment that doesn't really fall into the legal sense because it's not like, you know, there's any legal recourse for doing this or any legal implications for doing this. But 
I don't know, man. I'm I'm a little bit torn up on this one. I don't know whether or not this is acceptable or if this is kind of like everything else on social media where it's just in general pretty stupid. So let me know what you think about this. Be sure to uh, leave a comment on the video or in chat or on social media and let me know what you think about this. I'll take a look at it and we'll uh, have a nice little discussion about this. And that will conclude I on social media. Wow, infotainment. When we come back, I want to get to a couple of other stories, including, look, we got some updates on Ukraine. A couple of things happened today that I want to get to. Plus, a box of human heads, just casual box for human heads. Where did it come from? And why the fuck is there a random box of human heads? Uh, I would like to find out. Well, I kind of already know, but uh, you guys will find out in just a moment plus i do want to go over uh this don't say gay bill that quote unquote because that's the name given to it by the media because that is how they tend to operate they tend to just get into the uh the activist point of view and then all of a sudden that narrative just becomes what the bill is despite the fact that you know there's no instance of that nor is what you're being presented by this bill even accurate at all so there's a lot of misinformation going on about the don't say gay bill and i want to go over that as well in a little bit plus we also do certainly have to get to the uh little life philosophy section i think we'll probably save that to the end because we got to get through got to get through all the news first and there's a story about this florida highway patrol officer who a lot of people are hailing as a hero and after seeing this footage i am willing to agree and you'll find out about that as well after you see this footage and find out what she did and why she did it and of course we'll talk about a florida teacher as well and our French fries healthy. They might be, according to a study that came out from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Or, more likely, you're also being misled. We'll get to all of that uh, shortly. So stick around. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll get to the rest of that when we come back. Simulation Radio. This is some insane, insane footage that we're going to see in just a moment of this Florida Highway Patrol woman who is being hailed as a hero after she put herself in harm's way to stop a drunk driver who is traveling towards a road race course. So what happens is, or what happened was, is you know how in when you get off on an exit, 
in a highway, there's usually like one or two lanes and it's only going one way. Now, supposedly where this highway was going to get off was the site of a Skyway 10K, which was to raise money for military families. And the video shows the drunk driver who was identified as a 52-year-old woman from Sarasota traveling at a ridiculously high rate of speed on I-275 heading north towards the Sunshine Skyway Bridge where thousands of runners were running to participate in that Skyway 5K. And what this uh, Florida Highway Patrol officer did was just nothing short of heroic. She put herself in harm's way, and this video that we're about to see it it really just gives you the tingles, man. It really makes you just uh, cringe at the thought of this. Now, what she ended up doing was, as this driver was just slam speeding down this exit, uh, she decides, all right, well, the alternative is that this really fast drunk driver just slams into an entire crowd of racers or of runners running a 10K. So, what does she do? I am going to get in the way of this person, and this drunk driver is instead going to crash into me directly head on, which, my God, here, so check out this footage. I'll show this to you, and just, this is absolutely insane. So you can see the drunk driver first start. You can start see him, or see her, actually, because both the officer and the drunk driver involved were both women in this situation. You can see her start to... uh speed down right from over here and then the officer puts herself in the way here and this was just heroic stuff oh oh my god that the most uh unsettling part of this too is that you don't hear the audio you don't hear any of the audio going on until the crash happens which i don't know if maybe that was uh and I really don't want to take away to take away any of the gravitas to this story, but maybe that might have been edited in audio footage, but I don't know, maybe not. Maybe I'm not giving them the credit that they deserve here. This was Officer Tony Shuck, who is being hailed as a hero today. And after seeing this footage, rightfully so, like look look at this again. Oh, knowing what's coming up. Oh God. Fuck. I you know I guess we're we're seeing it again too. Jesus Christ! That if that doesn't send fucking goosebumps, like I, I got goosebumps right now, man. Imagine just uh, not knowing what you could possibly do in that situation, and thinking that you know if this person gets past me, sure we could do the whole rigmarole of chasing them down and flashing lights, and yeah, they're drunk, so they might not even pull over, but this exit got to where, like, almost directly where these runners were racing. So it was either this drunk driver cruises through her, through the officer here, and just hits a bunch of people, or the Florida Highway Patrol officer, Officer Shuck, just gets in the way and takes that. Now, uh, you probably want to know uh, what ended up happening to both the officer and the drunk driver. Now, uh, the video does go on to show her approaching the oncoming vehicle and positioning her cruiser into the path, causing a devastating collision. Both Officer Shuck and uh, the drunk driver here, I'm not even going to say her name, 
suffered serious injuries as a result of the crash. She's facing multiple charges, the drunk driver, including driving under the influence and causing serious bodily harm. The officer, while injured, is expected to recover from her injuries, which is fantastic news. The officer is going to be okay in this scenario. So just take a look at my God, my God, that is insane footage. And oh, if that doesn't like send chills up your spine, especially when you see it from your position, because right, it's one thing to see a crash. And this is going to sound like inhuman and it's going to sound like it's dehumanizing like crash victims or, or something of the sort but uh it's just way different when you see the footage of like you locking eyes on the crash head on there's just something so unsettling that immediately puts you in that adrenaline fight or flight mode that you see when you're seeing what you're about to crash into head fucking on as it comes right at you and that's Ugh, I'm I'm still a little uh still a little shaken up by that footage. There's a Central Florida teacher that is also a little bit shaken up, but this one for a much less heroic way. Instead, it was a teacher, Rhonda Rice, in the Polk County Public School System. Where's Sheriff Grady Judd? Where's his press conference on this? Uh she was charged, however, for allegedly biting students over a jar of of pickles that really really just does not seem like the thing that you want to be uh biting students over a teacher at a school in central florida is facing misdemeanor battery charges after police said that she hit two students over a jar of pickles the nbc affiliate wfla out of wfla is out of the tampa area i believe the teacher, Rhonda Rice, told administrators in the Polk County public school system that she was playing around with students during the alleged incident. And it happened in October at Bartow Middle School. The aunt of one student told the station that her 15-year-old nephew and another student were working at the school store when Rice tried to take the jar. And when students tried to take the jar back, the teacher had a biting response. She just bit them on the forearm and of course, they released and she was able to get the pickles. But there are other ways to do that. The teacher is coming out in her defense and saying, no, I, I, I just licked him. I, I just lick him. She did admit to licking the students at the very least. But that's still fairly inappropriate, lady. I, biting or licking, those are still things that you do not want to be doing to a 15-year-old student. At, all right. So at least you're not having sex with them. But... I still think that, you know, even on a lesser extreme level, that biting and licking, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just me. Still sounds somewhat inappropriate. Kathy Toro says it's time for the teacher to be the one learning a lesson. I think she needs to learn what she did and what she did was wrong. She came to eight on your... I would really hope that it doesn't take her getting, like, fucking arrested and, or, and facing misdemeanor charges to say that uh, it's wrong to bite a student. I feel like that should be on your moral compass uh, maybe before you decide to be a teacher. So that should have been on your moral compass uh, already, but... Again, what do I know? Maybe I'm the one that's out of touch here. Your side after she says action was moving slowly. Nothing's been done until now, you know. And it's like, why take so long to do something when this is this happened in October? 
Toro says her 15-year-old nephew was working at the school store at Bartow Middle School in October with another student. I bet she bit him Teacher real good. Teacher Rhonda Rice attempted to walk away with a jar of pickles. When she did that, Toro says, the students tried to get it back. She it's over a jar of pickles, for God's sake. Like, can't you just talk it out, man? Like, maybe the teacher and the student goes, okay, well, uh, maybe I will purchase the jar of pickles. Or give that jar of pickles back to me. I'm your teacher. I, I don't know. I feel like you could use your words in this situation rather than resort directly to uh, biting. I Again, I'm, oh, man, I'm, I think I'm missing the obvious joke here. Uh, where jar of pickles. I, I bet she really wanted to bite that pickle of the 15-year-old student. I'll, I'll, I'll see myself out for that one. <coughs> Sorry. Had to do it. Just plainly bit him. The students say Rice bit them both in the forearm hard enough to leave a mark. They went to the school administration. Who I bet you left Tori. a mark. I'm just still in shock over the whole thing, even though it was I'm just you know, still three in or four shock. or five months ago that it happened. I mean, but what teacher does that? The state's attorney's office has filed Fair. misdemeanor battery charges against Rice. This summons from the court shows an arraignment scheduled for later this month. Oh, there he the school is. school district suspended Rice for three days and then relocated her to Sleepy Hill Middle School. According to Sleepy Hill Middle School? Uh, all right, A, that's funny. And uh, B, what better way to resolve this situation than to uh, relocate her to another middle school where, you know, she might just bite another student. And this time it might not be over a jar of pickles. This time it might be the student's real pickle. <laughs> all, all right, all right, I get it. Shut up. Spokesperson Rice said she was playing around with the students, but Toro wants to see her spend time behind bars. You reap put her in the slammer, and I think that's what she should do: is reap what she sows. She seems a little vindictive. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. While there are better ways to handle a pickle conflict than uh, just biting the other person, I don't know, man. I still feel like uh, jail time might not be the most appropriate thing here. She does face two charges and is set to be arraigned on March 31st. She was relocated to another school after the incident, but has since been placed on administrative leave. So let me know what you think about this, because this is just this is just fucked, man. I don't know about this one. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So we were going to get to this uh, this story in Eye on Social Media, but we ran out of time on that one. But I still do want to uh, cover this story because apparently the MLB lockout is happening right now. Now, the commissioner of the MLB or the head of the MLB, I don't even fucking know his name. I should probably know that. But, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm the world's most renowned expert on sports, and yet I still uh, still have no idea what the head of baseball's name is but again i'm the world's most foremost world's most foremost expert in sports so just trust me that i know it i clearly do but so what's happening here is that uh some of these baseball players are being forced into some other options for employment because the baseball season is going to be delayed right and we don't even know if games are going to happen yet at this point which i know what you're saying my god i want some damn baseball and you would be the only person thinking that but nonetheless 
some Atlanta Braves players have found quite an interesting uh, new gig while they're not playing baseball. And I don't really know what their financial situation is like, but at the same time, I feel like uh, if you've been baseball players for a decent amount of time, then maybe your financial situation shouldn't be dire enough to have to go work at Papa John's. But again, I... I'm not judging. I'm not saying that you can't live your life. Maybe, look, maybe you just want to go to Papa John's. I mean, they desperately need people, but I, I don't know, man. It, it seems like you've fallen quite a few rungs on society if uh, that is now your career path. But again, maybe they'll figure it all out and baseball will be back soon, which I don't know. I can't wait. Can't wait for some baseball. Hey, wake up. Baseball is good stuff. It's good stuff. So what would you do if you saw one of these guys pull up with your delivery order? Wouldn't and really would you care. tell them if they got it wrong? That would be kind of awkward. Well, since they don't Probably. have any other job to report to right now amid the MLB lockout, Dansby Swanson and Jock Peterson spent the day being paid on a one-day contract Peterson? at a Marietta Papa John's. Excuse me? any hair nets there, which with those two in particular, that might be an issue. They actually did make some pizzas, earning their hard-earned money today. Add breadsticks to maybe one of the weirdest things they've probably had to sign. Peterson's future with Atlanta is up in the air, but he's not the only fan favorite still on the market right now. Of course, Freddie Freeman remains a free agent, and Swanson, who's been... This seems like just a celebrity thing, right? Because we saw that kid walk up and try to get his fucking breadstick autographed, which... Do, does Papa John's even have breadsticks? I don't know, because they're so terrible. I mean, Papa John's in general is terrible, but... It seems like, you know, those uh, publicity stunts that celebrities tend to do where they'll go and work at a place that is deemed uh, just for losers and for lower class people, which that's not what I'm saying. But that's what the celebrities seem to think is they'll take they'll make this a publicity stunt where they'll think, oh, hey, I'm, I'm so in tune with the common person. I'm going to go work at a pizza joint or a restaurant or like a McDonald's or something just so that I can see for five minutes what the struggle of the average person is like, and then I'm going to go right back to playing baseball. Vocal about Seems like one of those. Says Freeman is more than what you can put on a baseball card. Is it? He's not that big. I'm pretty sure you could fit him on a baseball card. I know that's not what they meant. A huge part of our team, um, not not just on the field, is but, he? you know, on the clubhouse and things like that. You know, it's, it's not replace. There's no ability to replace a guy like that. Uh, then take, then scoop him right out of Papa John's and send them, to, send him to fucking practice for God's sake. I mean, baseball is going to be back at some point, I'm sure. So, uh, you would think that if you're that passionate about baseball, then you're you want to get on the on the diamond on the pitch. Again, world's most renowned sports expert here uh, on the baseball field, you know, doing their thing, throwing some balls, batting some balls and catching some balls. There's a lot of balls here, but you would think that you would want to be doing that if he's that integral to your team to keep him instead of let him just dick around at Papa John's for God knows how long. I don't care what what the numbers say or whatever. It's okay. uh, you know it's so much more than that, and he means a lot to this franchise, means a lot to this city. Um, so we'll see. 
Dansby also talked about how he hates this lockout for the fans, especially those in Braves country who still are kind of riding this World Series high with them. Yeah, but they found work. They did. They did. Gainful employment at Papa John's. We're all just waiting to, you know, congratulate them on that great season last year. And Oh, yeah. It goes to show you that nobody gives a fuck about baseball. I had zero idea that, and I feel like a lot of people also had zero idea, unless you're a staunch baseball follower, that the Atlanta Braves won the World Series last year. Maybe that's a stretch to assume, and maybe I'm just being assumey. Assumey. But who cares? I don't even, I don't know, man. You know, like, get this going. Get this season started. Crosstalk. Maybe you can tell yeah. him. I don't know. <laughs> really spicy stuff. I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I think this seems like just a publicity stunt. Now, they initially marketed this story as, uh, you know, we don't know. They don't know what they're going to do. They don't know how they're going to make their money, so they're off at Papa John's. But, no, it seems like this is, uh, this is merely, merely a publicity stunt. All right, so let's get to a couple of Ukraine updates before we uh, take another break here and get to the big stuff. Oh, actually, you know, we do have to get to one more thing before we get to the Ukraine updates, which is I got to give you an up or have to pay off this uh, box of human head story because this is out of Denver and it's still out there. The box of heads, the box of human heads has gone missing everybody nobody knows where it is no they've been missing since march 3rd and they were taken from a medical van in denver's central park neighborhood and uh one of the cbs stations well the cbs station out of denver reports the van was parked near 23rd and syracuse street when crooks broke in stole a dolly and snatched the box. So they didn't just take the box of human heads. They also stole the truck dolly, which, you know, if you try doing that on a U-Haul, then you are going to get charged up the ass for that. It's trust me, it's not worth it. Just leave the dolly there. Go buy a dolly at fucking Home Depot. Unfortunately, uh, while CBS News in Denver said that this seemed like a type of headline that you might see on The Onion. No, nope, it is. It is indeed real. The box is blue and white and has the label exempt human specimen on it. Anyone who sees the box is asked to call the Denver Police Department right away. So, you know, if you're walking around Denver and you just so happen to see a blue, excuse me, a blue and white box that also just so happens to have human heads in it, then uh, contact the local police. I don't know, man. That's... Who who does this? The incident happened between 2.30 p.m. Wednesday and 9.30 a.m. Thursday while the truck was parked in that uh, that cross-section of that street, according to police. They were supposed to be used for medical research purposes. Who is, who, who is researching on human heads, and what are they researching? I've, I, I gotta know. All right, let's see. Do we have uh, do we have any other extra stuff to get to before we jump into the Ukraine thing? Oh yeah. So, uh there was this study that came out of the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition today, or actually it came out last month, and it was a study that compared french fried potato consumption and uh I believe it was nut 
consumption as the control group here. So essentially, the conclusion that they reached was, and this is why this study seems a little bit fake to me, and it's not, well, the study is not fake, but what's going to happen is, is somebody, some idiot, some consumer idiot will see this study and they'll think, oh my god, french fries are just as healthy as nuts, when that is almost definitely not the case here. So what happened was, in this study, uh, observations or epidemiologists suggested that increased potato consumption correlates with weight gain, diabetes risk, while nut consumption is associated with weight control and metabolic health. Randomized controlled data in a trial indicates that humans respond to changes in energy intake in single dietary components and compensate for extra energy con uh, consumed. So what this means is that uh, essentially this study compared the intake of french fries and compared or compared it to the intake of nuts. And the 30-day trial of 180 adults prescribed calorie-matched almonds and french fries or you know, French fries with herb and spices mix, because in your scientific experiment, you've got to, you got to, you got to give the fries some flavor, man. You can't just have, even in a stiffy, uh, scientific experiment, you can't just have flavorless French fries, man. That's going to ruin the experiment. So what they did was, uh, they prescribed, they prescribed, there's something weird about the idea of prescribing adults French fries. I mean, it, this is 2022, fellas. This is, it's a consumer world we're living in. This was a 30-day trial of 180 adults prescribed calorie matched of 300 calories a day consumption of almonds, uh, French fries, or, you know, the fries with herbs in them. Baseline and 30-day uh, measurements were measured by dual energy x-ray absorbitrometry. So essentially what they were trying to do was uh, they were trying to compare the intake of fries and the intake of nuts, which suggested that, uh, you know, they're they're about the same, that you could eat fries and you could eat nuts and it would be roughly the same. Now, the problem with that is that, you know, people are going to see this and think, um, oh, French fries are just as healthy as nuts. But, you know, and what they're going to do there is they're going to slam a whole fucking plate of french fries not knowing that you know that's about the equivalent of a smaller amount of nuts they would think that uh the calorie equivalent of like french fries and nuts is roughly the same here and you you got to think about the ratios here when it comes to this stuff there were no significant uh differences in fat mass or in glucoregulatory biomarkers after 30 days of potato consumption versus almonds. Results do not support a casual relationship between increased French fried potato consumption and the negative health outcomes studied. So uh, that's kind of what they did. They fed people fries and they fed people almonds, but you know, 300 calories in almonds, that's like five fucking almonds or it's not a lot. They're significantly uh, calorie dense. And people are going to take this and they're going to misinterpret that and say, oh, I can eat just as much French fries as I can almonds. But you really can't, man. Like you could slam a whole bunch of French fries and the amount it, it's like the classic uh, bit 
like the classic question that you are asked in school about, you know, so I've got one pound of quarters and I've got one pound of dollar bills. Which one weighs the most? And it's a trick question because they weigh the same, but they clearly look like they're different uh, quantities. And it's the same kind of deal here where the amount of almonds that you would have to eat to equate to the amount of calories in like a small amount of french fries is significantly low. So what I think people are going to interpret this as is they could slam a fuck ton of almonds and think, oh, this is the equivalent of eating a whole bunch of french fries when, I don't know, that's that's just not, that's not really the case. All right, finally, let's get to a couple of these uh, good old-fashioned Ukraine updates because news broke today that Poland is agreeing to give all of its MiG-29 fighter jets to the U.S., which is expected to transfer them to Ukraine. And there is a tricky uh, scenario that is playing out here because the U.S. is saying, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, what Poland wants to do is they don't want to officially support Ukraine by giving them uh the fighter jets themselves because you know this goes into the whole relationships between that the the countries in that part of the world right they don't really want to seem antagonistic to vladimir putin when you know it's not like us doing that wouldn't result in the same kind of feel right so uh that's happening we've got uh a russia russian peace deal quote-unquote that's being reported by the Kiev Independent that Russia claims that it will stop the war immediately if Ukraine agrees to just casually cease all military action, change their constitution to enshrine neutrality, recognize Crimea as Russian territory, and recognize the Russian-controlled areas of Donetsk and Luhansk, which is, you know, part of that Donbass area as independent states. And those areas already and this is a statement by a a kremlin spokesperson that initially broke from reuters and uh these two areas these independent states quote unquote which are not really independent but vladimir putin recognized them as independent were part of the that donbass region that putin kind of wanted and by kind of i mean explicitly uh wanted control of and my interpretation of this deal is it If we take what Russia says at face value, which, again, it's kind of hard to trust them. It's hard to trust any of the shit that's coming out in the war so far. Uh, I don't know, man. This seems kind of like a decent deal because you have to think about, A, those areas, Donetsk and Luhansk, are already antagonistic towards Ukraine. And sure, you might be attached to the idealistic idea of keeping them as part of Ukraine. But, you know, if they kind of are already on the Russian side, then uh, I don't know, man, it might be worth it to, to let them go. And I know that this is a significantly hot take, and I'm not saying that, you know, this is the end all be all way to go things. I'm just saying that it doesn't really seem like the worst deal. If Assuming, again, assuming that you take what Russia says at face value and you also assume that they will uh, actually stop the war immediately, assuming that Ukraine agrees to all these things. So they also have to cease military action. No big deal. If they do that, Russia will do it too. 
changed the constitution to enshrine neutrality. This is basically like, you know, uh, coming out and saying, all right, we'll never join NATO. We will continue to be neutral continuously. Uh, and to recognize Crimea as Russian territory, which was another area that uh, Russia annexed earlier in, uh, I believe it was within the last 10 to 15 years. And when you think about it, when you think about the humanity of this and when you think about all of the shit that is that is uh going on over there now keep in mind that uh it seems like a good significant portion of the russian population does not agree with this war it's mainly just vladimir putin being a tyrant and going out and exerting his will upon the rest of the world which is obviously not a good thing the ukrainian people are experiencing you know wartime trauma the People are dying, and despite the fact that, you know, propaganda is coming from both sides, you just got to think about the humanity of what happens in the middle of wartime, right? I mean, it. I'm just, maybe it's just, I'm just kind of jaded by the fact that I'm fairly staunchly anti-war in general, and, you know, any opportunity to get out of this situation, at least just to me, seems like somewhat of a decent idea and it also really doesn't seem like that ukraine would be giving up that much here give up these areas that are already pro-russian uh recognize crimea as russian territory which i mean russian russia kind of already annexed it anyway and so uh i'm not gonna say it's already theirs but i don't know man it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a loss so of course, you know, that's not a thing that's going to be uh, agreed to, at least as it seems now. Now, they're still undergoing, I believe they're undergoing day four of peace talks fairly soon. They did day three yesterday, which, from the news that came out, seems like they made somewhat of an ounce of progress there. And whether or not that's just, you know, a word that's coming out firsthand or not, who knows. But we'll see. I just I just really think that this is not that bad. And again, that does operate under the assumption that Russia is actually going to do this stuff, which does does seem a little bit uh, suspect. So uh, another thing that's happening is that it basically most major companies have ceased operation in uh, Russia like you know, all of the major payment platforms have stopped operating in Russia. Russia can no longer pay for shit through uh, online methods like Apple Pay, m most of the major payment apps, things like that. And I, I don't know. I feel like that is a little dangerous because on one hand, it's tough to think about. Like, how do you, uh, through nonviolence, how do you punish Vladimir Putin specifically for what he's doing? whilst trying to minimize the impact that is felt by the Russian people. And it seems like the Russian people, whether it be via the brunt of economic sanctions or all these companies shutting down over there, it seems like the Russian people are the ones that are primarily suffering right now. And of course, you read all the takes from uh, leftists on Reddit who say, you know, we've just got to do this. Like, I saw this uh, thread. I was following uh, League of Legends this weekend. And apparently what Riot Games is doing is they're donating to Ukraine-related humanitarian relief. And they're not disabling, as of now, they're not disabling Russian accounts. And 
people on the fucking League of Legends subreddit went absolutely not so insane about how, you know, they're they're so hard on the empathy train until it comes to an issue that they're just emotionally invested in that they know absolutely jack shit about. Of course, you know, well, I do like this comment, though. Would stopping anyone from playing League of Legends do anything other than benefit them? That You got a fair point. You have, have got a fair point there. <laughs> So there are, of course, uh, also increasing talks about the development of a uh, no f- uh, f- no flyover zone, which if you took poll or if you look at polling on this, this is another thing that just shows how stupid the American public is. Americans broadly support a Ukraine no fly zone. And of course, say uh, a Russian oil ban. Not knowing that, you know, that's the gas prices are only going to continue to get worse. But, you know, we don't really know that either, regardless of what you think about the war. Uh, This one comes out of Reuters. Also, a broad bipartisan majority of Americans think that the U.S. should stop buying Russian oil and gas and work with NATO to set up no fly zones to protect Ukraine from Russian airstrikes, which sounds good in theory, but that sounds good in theory if only if you don't know what the fuck a no-fly zone is. A no-fly zone means that any Russian aircraft that is flying over that no-fly zone is going to get shot down. And you know what happens when that goes on? World War III starts. And so the American public, let me see, let me see if I can find the... Uh, the exact numbers here. I think it was something like uh, 74% of Americans, including solid majorities of Republicans and Democrats, said that the U.S. and its allies in the uh, in NATO should impose a no-fly zone in Ukraine, which goes to show you just exactly how informed the American public is and how much they know about this, which I'm not saying that I'm the most informed person about this either, but I, I know the basic idea that if you implement a no-fly zone over Ukraine and then you shoot it, shoot down a fucking Russian aircraft over the no-fly zone, you're that's that's a declaration of war. That's legitimate like war war World War World War Three World War Three. No, that's legitimately World War Three. So we should absolutely not be doing that. And another thing that this poll doesn't really capture is. The fact that most Americans don't really know what a no-fly zone means. I feel like if you explained it to them, then uh, they maybe they'll be a little bit more on board. Netflix has also suspended service in Russia, growing uh, the list of companies that are no longer operating out of all Russia. And support for the U.S. joining a potential war over Ukraine by income. And this is a, I know this comes from Rasmussen, which is a fairly uh, suspect polling organization based on, uh, you know, just kind of based on the side that they're on. I do feel like partisan pollsters, uh, they're not the worst thing, but it does. Okay, sure. There are partisan pollsters that exist essentially for the benefit of one side in particular like if you're a more republican leaning pollster that's polling for republicans to maybe help their internal data and likewise if you're a democratic lean pollster that's getting data for democrats then uh 
So his organizations serve purposes. But at the same time, when you're a public-facing polling organization that tends to lean toward a side, which is what Rasmussen does, Rasmussen tends to be a more right-leaning uh, polling organization, that, I feel like, would lead your polling data to greater suggest uh, right-favored stuff. Because you got to think about it. When you ask people questions, you're more likely going to phrase things in a way that agrees with what you want to say, right? And what you want their answer to be. That's just basic human psychology. Now, 80% of voters think that wider European war is likely, according to Rasmussen. But the breakdown of it by income and this really just goes to show the level of class divide that we have in the uh, the US uh, of families that are making 200,000 or more support for US joining a potential war in Europe over Ukraine is 66% and people making less than $30,000 a year that support drops all the way down to 37%. And you can conclude whatever you'd like from that, but I don't know, man. I just see the really clear class divide that we have. I feel like the class divide is greater even than you know the party line divide that we have. I'm not saying that either of them are good in any sense. I do feel like pointless tribalism is just stupid, but the class divide is big and it really goes to show you that you know i bet i would bet you that people making over 200k a year and people that are in that 66 percent that support the u.s joining a potential war in europe over ukraine i bet those people aren't sending their children to go fight you know who is the 30k people and for those people support drops down to 37 percent. so that's a thing that you have to uh you have to kind of infer here from this data like do you think the 200k people are going to be the people themselves that are out there fighting hell no therefore sure let's warmonger sounds like a great fucking plan 66 percent. whereas the 30k people those are going to be the people that are more likely heading over heading over to the ukraine to fight should that hypothetical situation happens and just just 37 percent. so conclude from that data what you will but I don't know, man. I really think that, that that means that the class divide in our country is just kind of fucked. And it, what can we do? What can we even do about that? Adding to the growing list of companies leaving Russia, today we have got McDonald's, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, Starbucks, GE, Shell, Unilever, and Condé Nast, which never heard of that company. Oh, God, this was breaking all day, too, like breaking at various points of the day. Coca-Cola is suspending op all operations in Russia. Starbucks is suspending all operations in Russia. And one of the things that I'm curious about is what happens to these places in Russia? Like what happens to these old fucking McDonald's buildings? Do they shut down? Now, I know that a couple companies have uh, noted that they're going to continue to pay uh, some employees while they're shut down. But not everybody, not every company is going to be doing that. And again, I don't know. I don't remember exactly if it was McDonald's. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. But what are all these other companies going to do? Like, what's going to happen to these buildings that are no longer in operation anymore? Those are just uh, some of the questions that I have. So uh, as more of these companies continue to pull out, as we get some more polling data, as more data develops 
or as we get more information from Ukraine. However, I'll try to, you know, kind of go through it and parse what is accurate about it and whether or not it's even worth reporting or if it's just, you know, fake as fuck, like most of the stuff that comes out of it tends to be. But, you know, I I will follow it, not like super closely because, uh, you know, there there are people that are following it in an insane amount and it's just overtaking their lives when you know the these people have fucking miserable lives as it is and then they have something to concentrate their misery on so i would say from a distance i'll continue to watch this story and bring all of the important stuff that we really really need to get to i'm not going to be I'm not going to like be doing fucking live streams of live coverage anymore and spending entire fucking 45 minute segments like we did on the very interesting show a couple weeks ago covering it. Not doing that shit anymore. I'll give you the updates as we get them and uh, we'll we'll kind of go from there. As big stuff happens, we will take care of it, cover it, get to the business and I will help you and help all of us kind of parse through what's uh, what's valid and what's you know just kind of fake so when we come back i do finally want to talk about this don't say gay bill that passed the florida legislature today and you're being misled everybody i'm just being straight up with you your outrage is fake about this or at least the media is allowing you to be misled on this and they look they just want you outraged that's kind of just how it goes and the reporting on this bill has been absolutely just factually incorrect at every possible turn. And I'm going to tell you, I've read the bill. I know what's in the bill and what it is being reported as is completely different than what is reality. Now, whether or not this bill is even needed and is anything besides political grandstanding, that is an entirely different story. I will go through all of it. We will break it all down in its entirety and you know, I will uh, shed some light on what is going on here. And we will get to that when we come back. And also, you know, the philosophy corner, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll chill out at the end. We'll talk about some, uh, we'll, we'll just sit and talk about life chat, because again, I'm trying to bring some stuff that's not exactly news, entirely news related to the show, because I'm kind of going through a news fatigue phase in life right now, where I want to do something better than that because news is kind of stupid, despite the fact that we've sat here for an hour and a half going over it. <clears throat> Pay no attention to that. Pay no attention. But uh, we'll get to the don't say gay bill shit, and we will also just kind of sit and chat and talk about life, and we will do that as well when we come back. Simulation Radio.
it's a golden rule of mine when I see a lot of people get super outraged at something to particularly do a lot of research into it and to see whether or not the outrage is real or valid or if it has just been kind of manufactured. And this one, I am not blaming entirely on the people that got suckered into the media coverage. Now, uh, like when I was younger, when I was in like high school and college age and even a little bit post-college into my uh, young like early 20s, uh, I knew a lot of people that I had added on various social medias that are ridiculously and insanely outraged at this. And of course, you know, they also tend to be the type of people that get outraged at uh, anything that they don't agree with and anything is just an affront to their way of life. And so I saw a lot of, you know, outrage and seething hatred over this what was dubbed the don't say gay bill that passed the Republican dominated legislature in Florida today. It's House bill and what was it later went on to become Senate bill 1557, which was dubbed the don't say gay bill, but it's actually called it doesn't say gay anywhere in the legislature. And I believe what the actual title to it, it's like the the Parental Rights in Education Act. And the reason that, you know, people were so upset about this is because they were led to believe by every major media outlet and all of the coverage that was surrounding this that it was going to, you know, it, don't say gay. You won't be able to talk about it anywhere in school, which, A, first of all, is not true uh, at all. And the only thing that was even kind of close to that was a an amendment or a one of the, the little subsections of the bill that stated something like, you know, the required outing of uh, a potentially a gay teen that went to maybe, for example, talk to the school counselor. They were required to have been like outed to their parents officially within something like six days. Now, that amendment has since been uh, removed from the bill. But the media coverage surrounding this has essentially aligned with what all of the LGBTQIA plus 24, 8, 6, X, 9, Y uh, activists have been pushing for. And the media, of course, was very, very quick to jump directly on this outrage and kind of promote it. And that's where the don't say gay bill stuff comes from. Now, the idea of where the the vernacular comes from of the don't say gay bill is not even is not in this bill at all. Now, I've read the bill. I know what's in it. And regardless of whether or not this bill is even needed, which, first of all, I guess I should make explicitly clear that, you know, a I'm not entirely sure I'm not straight. So I'm allowed to, you know, kind of and not that anybody that's not is not allowed to come at this from, you know, a factual point of view and argue the contents of this. But, you know, I, I just and I refuse. I'm not going to to fall into the fucking rainbow flag uh, pride outrage narrative that has been promoted the perpetually offended i just i just don't fall into that man i'm looking at this with logic i'm looking at it factually like i wanted to know what was actually in the bill and in the bill it proposes things like uh 
making sure that, you know, parents have rights in the, like, for instance, uh, I believe there is a clause in the bill that allows uh, parents to be funded if they have any legal issues with schools based on what they're teaching. And the big part of the bill that most people are having issues with is this third clause here. Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. And some of the uh, opponents of this, of course, the uh, the more extreme parts, the really, really stupid parts of the bill were taken out uh, earlier about the outing students to their parents, which is essentially what that was. Now, you go through the legalese of this and you kind of break it down a little bit. And it basically what's going on here. And I don't disagree with this fundamentally, first of all. Now, if you look at it from a literal point of view that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Now, what they were trying to do here is, first of all, I agree with that, that we should not be teaching kids uh, anything related to like sexual orientation, gender identity. We shouldn't even be giving them sex ed. It's fucking kindergarten through third grade, for God's sake. And I do think that parents should be having a say here. Like, this is a discussion that should be happening between parents and their children. By the way, I'm of the mind that I... This, and this is kind of a hot take. I don't think sex ed should happen in school, like, at all. I really don't think that it should be happening anywhere. I really don't think that the state should have an ability to kind of worm their little fucking hands through that. And this is kind of tricky to uh, come at, too, because uh, it, it just it offends a lot of people that instantly want to be outraged about this. Now, uh, one of the critics of this, which is uh, a writer for the Orlando Sentinel, Scott Maxwell, that I listened to, you know, on the radio. I used to listen to him on the radio quite a bit when he was on the Phillips file on uh, on Jim Phillips. Now, uh, the Bill's own sponsor admits that it isn't about just K3 or kindergarten through third grade and that pediatricians who you know, because he's trying to make a point here, who care more about kids than politics, oppose the bill for a reason. Now, it has been said, one of the the things that is out there for this is that the don't say gay bill is not limited to, which again, well, the whole idea of don't say gay is fake. That is not a thing that is in the bill at all. Like, by that logic, the, the same thing, just say don't say straight. Like, but of course, you know, that's not sexy. That doesn't get people outraged. And, you know, that doesn't, kind of fit an activist agenda it's not limited to kindergarten through third grade but and the bill sponsor even goes on to admit this that you know it could be uh not just for third grade but and this goes to the in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards now that does lead the question of you know who decides what state standards are and this this is just a stupid bill, by the way. Like, I really don't see the reason for it. Now, 
there are a couple good things in it, and it's basically meant to be a political stunt, right? Because, you know, just as much as I, I dunk on the far-left fucking uh, rainbow-haired people that are hyper-offended by everything and think that everything that they don't agree with is just bigoted and hateful, I'm also dunking on the right here, on Florida Republicans who even think that this bill is necessary because this goes along the lines of, you know, the boogeyman stuff like uh, critical race theory and all the shit like that, that they think is being taught in these schools. And I really don't really don't think it is in the vast majority of places. Critical race theory is just a, a boogeyman. It's just a boogeyman to get, you know, to fire up their base. And one of the reasons that this bill was even introduced was to just kind of just kind of virtue signal on the Republicans part. And the bill is stupid. There's really no reason for this, which is first of all, sexual orientation and gender identity is already not being taught to kindergartners through grade 3 as far as I know. Again, Look, if you have a real-life example of this, I'm talking to you like uh, uh, middle-aged, maybe Republican-leaning parents that uh, have experience with children in the schooling system. May I could be wrong on this, but I really don't think that this kind of shit is actually being taught to kindergartners through grade three. But you know, now there has to be a bill exclusively prohibiting it. But the, my biggest problem with it is that the media has blown it out of proportion and has completely misrepresented the bill. Like the whole don't get, don't say gay stuff is not is not in the bill at all. Like the thing that I agree with here is that these things like uh sexual orientation, gender identity teachings which already should not be in school period. Again, I don't think sex ed should be in school period. I wholly think that this should be a conversation that is happening exclusively between parents and their children. And I really don't think that this is anything that the state should be involved in at all. And what it doesn't stop at all, and this is not, this bill is not reaching anything besides school curriculums. It's just making sure that, and again, this is stupid because it's entirely unnecessary and what the fuck is the point of this, but it's just making sure that this kind of material is not directly in the curriculums that teachers are teaching to students. This is not stopping. This is not like some, uh, this is not like some authoritarian crackdown on what anybody can talk about in school. It's not like, you know, if an administrator hears, what's that? A student just said gay. Well, punish them. That, that's not what this is. Factually, logically, after reading the bill and then uh, comparing it with the media coverage that it's getting, if, and this is why I don't entirely blame the outraged people, because again, they're they're kind of just NPCs. They only see what the media coverage is, and then they see what the media coverage says, and they kind of form their opinion based on that. And if they only see the media coverage that came out of it, then yeah, you're going to be fucking outraged because the way that the media covered it made it seem like that, you know, if a child maybe in a discussion with one of their peers is talking about this kind of stuff, which again, that is what children do, and that is what they're going to continue to do, that if this were to happen, then the fucking Gestapo is going to come in and just fuck... Right. No, not that one. The Gestapo is going to fucking come in and just take it all out. But that that's not what this is. That it, It's just straight up not what it is at all. It has been entirely misrepresented 
and that even comes from like the idea that it's been dubbed don't say gay like you you hear that the don't say gay bill and what the fucker what the fucker people that don't actually go and read the bill is going to think about this they hear don't say gay bill and all of a sudden it becomes oh wait does that actually mean that you know we're just not going to be able to talk about this in schools at all no all it means is that it is not going to be part of the curriculum and it's not going to be taught to younger children and again you get into the legalese about what this means and whether or not the, the kind of flowery language means that this could possibly extend to uh children that are older than grade three but you know again really don't think sex ed should be taught in school period so the outrage is fake like the outrage about this story is absolutely fake it does not outlaw saying the word gay it just prevents all this stuff from being in the curriculum but of course that that's not sexy that's not a sexy story and that is not a story that both parties can latch on to and tell a narrative like the florida republicans cannot latch on to this if it you know if the media coverage didn't blow up about it and be entirely misrepresentatory if that's even a word i'm just going to make it up words here but you know if the outrage about this if this wasn't misrepresented like this was then the florida republicans would not be able to latch onto it and create a boogeyman out of this and create an entirely stupid bill that again serves no purpose and of course it's going to be signed by ron DeSantis now that it has passed the florida legislature like none of this stuff happens already this bill just kind of makes it explicit which uh, cool i guess but Look, I'm telling you, and again, parents, if you have kids in school that are actually getting this kind of material in their curriculum, then please let me know if I'm wrong about this, but I really don't think I am. This stuff is not being taught as it is right now, and the Florida Republicans can create a boogeyman about this. That's sexy. And then on the other side, we've got the Florida Democrats that are latching on to the fake narrative about this story. And, you know, here's a tweet from the Florida Senate Democrats today. We've got one thing to say to our GOP colleagues. Gay. Here this is. They're going to get fucking crushed in November, by the way. If they keep doing this shit. The outrage is fake, and they're playing into that outrage. They're baiting people into being outraged. And again, both parties are doing this. They're riling up their base, getting them all fired up about literal fake news, and it's it's sickening. And the discourse about this story, about this bill, is one of the has been one of the most infuriating that I've ever gotten, like, about a news story, period. And I thought I was upset about all the fucking idiots that have opinions about Ukraine when they don't know shit, but looking at the coverage of this story versus how outraged it made people and just the vile vitriol that has come out of uh, the mouths of some of these people that both support the bill and don't support the bill and are vehemently against it because, you know, they're on the narrative train of, you know, this is going to outlaw gay people. And it's like, no. That's not what's happening. That's that's straight up not what's happening. You are being misled. You're being lied to by the media. And I really think that if this isn't one of those situations that causes you to like kind of open your eyes and do a little bit more digging into what the fuck you're getting mad at, then again, I don't know what will. But 
again, all these idiots on both sides, they're they're all pretty much NPCs anyway. So I I'm I'm I feel like I'm talking to a fucking brick wall here when it comes to uh telling these people not to get outraged. Like on one hand, the Republicans are are getting mad at this fucking boogeyman that doesn't exist, like critical race theory and uh like all the the gender shit which I, is kind of ridiculous and should not be taught to fucking third graders and should also be a conversation that happens between parents and children but you know whatever and then of course the left sees the don't say gays don't say it and then the florida democrats are just pouncing right on that with their fucking uh pink-haired idiots standing in the background with their rainbow masks who will be those people will probably be wearing masks forever by the way but it's all fake. All this outrage is fake. All of this this uh shit that has been created by this the misrepresentation by the media of this story is just absolutely fake. And I implore you, implore you, go look up the bill. It is it's House Bill 1557. Go to uh I think it's like floridasenate.com or .gov. Yeah, floridasenate.gov. Go look up the bill. Go read it. It's literally, it's 1,600 words. It's seven pages long, and it's like fucking double-spaced in a huge-ass font. So I'm telling you, if you're outraged about this, go read it, because you being mad at it is fake. And, you know, before I before I work myself up into a little bit more of a... <laughs> into getting more more mad than I really am about it, because I... I'm just disappointed, man. It's like the it's like the the disappointed father meme. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed that people can't do fucking basic research. I'm disappointed that uh, both sides will take every possible opportunity to play politics and virtue signal. And uh, you know that is, alas, you know that's just the world that we're living in. That's kind of just how it goes sometimes. So we got a couple minutes. Uh, one of the things that I've wanted to uh, start doing as we close out the show here, and I'll probably continue to do this like towards the end of every show, at least maybe in the third segment, is I want to move away from the news a little bit. Now, we used to do that by doing Reach for the Sky and just kind of generating some random questions, but there, I, there's something that I want to do that's a little bit better than that, and we'll start doing this uh, next week because we've only got a couple more minutes. So I am really, really fatigued at the news recently, and it's kind of got me in a rough spot uh, when it comes to like doing the show in general, which is that I don't, I don't really know how much longer I can follow the news because I just, I don't care, man. Like I generally, I don't give a shit. Like it's not relevant to anything that is really going on in my life and your life and everybody that is just like news junkies. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to, to, take a jab at the radio show but you know it i feel like it's just pointless i especially when i've got things in life that i'm struggling with it feels a little bit pointless to kind of invest in the news this hard and so one of the stuff that i'm looking to do in the near future is and by near future i mean uh next week we kind of ran out of time today so i'll get what's on my mind uh out next week 
on this. But I want to start bringing some more stuff that's not news related to the show. And uh, we'll probably do that towards the end of the show where we'll, we'll we're just kind of we'll sit around. We'll chat about life because there are a couple things that I've been like struggling with in life just philosophically lately. And one of the things that I've really noticed is when I'll go through long periods of like not talking to anybody because I do tend to be uh, stuck at my head a lot. I'm one of those kinds of people that I'm, I find it just straight up hard to talk to people about, you know, what's going on in life and like kind of what's going through my head. And when I do though, when it does end up coming out, it makes me feel a lot better. It's like, it's mentally aligning in a way. It kind of gets my perspective set it makes me a little bit more confident about the future and what I'm doing. And so uh, I'm going to talk about at the end of the shows from now on, I'm going to kind of go over some of the just little things that I've had in my head about life. And I'm not saying that it's going to be like like an observations about life bit. But for instance, one of the things that I, I was going to talk about tonight, if we had the time, is, you know, kind of being in a tough spot right now about like my social life and how I'm kind of stuck in this in-between part where, you know, I don't really relate to anybody right now because most of the people that I know in real life, the whole the whole social culture in like most of my circle of like my social group right now the the culture is basically about just kind of like going out and getting fucked up and i'm really i'm really not about that right now like i'm trying to do things i'm trying to build stuff and i can understand for them you know that have maybe accomplished what they want to accomplish in life and just kind of want to i don't want to say coast but kind of want to just keep what they've got going and what better way to do that than, you know, to just do the Monday through Friday and get fucked up. But I'm really not trying to be about that. And I'm in this in-between period right now where I'm kind of like, I'm not really relating to people. And, you know, I guess I'm okay with going a few minutes uh, over today's and I've already kind of ripped the bandaid a little bit off, but I'm in this in-between spot. Like, I'm stuck on getting out. Like, I already don't get out a lot, but it turns out that, like, uh, it's hard for me to get out because most of the culture around, like, going out is just... It, it's about getting fucked up, right? Like, what do you do when you go out most of the time? Just think about it for a minute, chat. Like, you go out most of the time with the intention of getting fucked up, and that's kind of what most social circles revolve around is just getting fucked up but at the same time while i'm sitting here trying not to do that and having a hard time uh relating to the people that aren't doing that then i also don't want to go to the extreme other end where i'm one of those like fucking personal improvement uh fake guru guru idiots on twitter that's like the the take cold showers every day and they spend their whole time like talking about fucking crypto and uh you know i'll that that's the other extreme that's like you're you're not even a real fucking person if you're doing that shit so uh i'm in this like really weird just in between period where i don't really know what to do and i get that a lot of that comes from like not even being able to go out on my own oh shit uh, not really being able to go out on my own right now which that'll be 
can kind of fix soon enough. And I do have some stuff that I want to get out there and do like by myself. But, you know, if part of the reason that I want to do this towards the end of the show is, you know, maybe to resonate with some more people that are struggling with kind of with the similar kinds of things in life. And, you know, maybe we can hash it out. And, you know, if you choose to, uh, you know, leave a comment and interact with me on social media, then trust I'll I would love to chat with all of you guys about this stuff, too. So uh, that's just one of the things that I'm like that I'm kind of struggling with right now is uh, finding some kind of an in-between spot where, you know, I can and I'm not saying like maybe the I know that the answer is uh, just get more friends. But at the same time, like that's kind of how most of the world works, right? That not that how the vast majority of social circles work is in a way it kind of revolves around just going out and like getting fucked up in some way. And I don't know, maybe I'm just, I'm just struggling right now and, uh, with it, but it also doesn't help that I'm, I've been kind of trapped in the house and in the studio for the last couple months. So that, that's probably just a me problem. So, uh, we'll we'll figure that out at some point so well we'll do some more of this towards the end of the shows as we kind of move away from news a little bit because and it's not all just going to be like shit that i'm struggling with too it's just kind of i want to help you guys out if you're figuring out or if you've got like problems in life maybe it's like therapy maybe we'll kind of market this to be like a, a fucking therapy segment or some shit but uh we'll find some some way to do that so uh, stay tuned to the end of every show. We'll we'll move away from the news and kind of get all that shit out of here. So what's on your mind? What's going on in your world? I do want to know. Be sure to leave a comment on the YouTube video and to follow on social media. Oh, I, I, haven't, I haven't even said this this whole show yet, but whew, say it with me, fellas. We've been going at it for two hours and I have not slammed this a single time, but it is at Simulation Radio say it with me on everything so if you want to just kind of chat have some therapy slide into the dms sure then uh we'll we'll kind of go over it <laughs> next week the philosophy corner or the therapy corner what well, i don't well work working title working title but you know i've, I've noticed some stuff lately especially because this year that i turned 30 and i'm really starting to like feel the mistakes that I've made early in life, they're really starting to become apparent now. And I, I want to elaborate on those too, maybe as a warning to the younger guys out there to don't fuck up as hard as I did. <laughs> I, all right. I don't, I don't want to end the show on that, that depressing of a note. So instead, uh, all right, clear head. Namaste. I do love you all. And thank you all for watching though. If you are, Again, a podcast listener or a YouTube VOD recording watcher, then please feel free to listen live every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be doing two-hour shows from now until the end of time, which, given the way that the war situation is going and given the way that the world is moving, could be a little bit sooner than we think. Who knows? But, you know, I will sit here and break the end of the world live as it happens. Also, do be sure, as I mentioned earlier, to follow at Simulation Radio on Instagram and Facebook. We do stream the shows live on YouTube and Twitch, youtube.com slash simulation radio. And 
twitch.tv slash simulation radio. And uh, for next week's therapy corner, I'll try to find a way to end it in a way that, you know, has some sort of a conclusion or actionable advice that it's not just like a shit. I don't know what to do about this. All right, show's over. <laughs> <laughs> I love you all. Bye.